the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Do not miss the opportunity to get a great deal on the MyPillow towel set, one of the latest innovations from Mike Lindell and the MyPillow family of products. $39.99 for a six-towel set. That's two hand towels, two bath towels, two washcloths. They are made from the best cotton Mike could find in America. Mike's factory, of course, is in America, in Minneapolis. His products are American-made, and they are phenomenal. And the towels, well, you'll pay for an entire set. Far less than you would pay for one similar luxury towel brand. I, uh, I've told you before, I stayed at an Airbnb location about a year ago. The towels were like six of the towels that I have home put together. I'm like, wow, this is phenomenal. I'm going to get this towel. Got the brand name, went to the store. Woo! Mmm, can't afford that. It was about three times as much as you would pay for a set of the MyPillow towel set. So make it happen at 800-856-9340. Don't sleep. Well, I was going to say don't sleep on, meaning don't ignore. But actually, I do want you to sleep on the MyPillow mattress topper and the Giza Dream bed sheets. They are awesome. So are the MyPillow slippers. You'll find them all at MyPillow.com, 800-856-9340, 800-856-9340. And use the promo code BRUCE to get the special pricing to which I referred. MyPillow.com, promo code BRUCE. Let's talk with Christy in Grove City. She's our first uh, today in the 535 segment at 844-TALK-989. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, pretty good. I'm going to miss your show on my ride home from work, but hopefully you're happy with the change. Well, Christy, here's what you do. You use your Bluetooth in the car and listen to the podcast at 989theanswer.com. Download the podcast. It'll be right there waiting for you when you get out of work. Okay, I don't have Bluetooth or anything, but anyway, um, I just wanted to comment. Jen Psaki's comments are like saying that gangs that roam the streets in these big cities these days give a crap about the pain and suffering that they're, you know, putting on normal people. And I just wanted to comment about the... um, coronavirus thing what about you know they talk about the delta variant but now there's supposedly another lamba variant coming up from you know south america so they're all so out of touch i can't believe they're running the country and i'm almost 70 and i'm kind of worried about the next three and a half years (laughs) yeah well hopefully christy we'll get some relief uh, in the midterm elections in 2022, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, their hands will be tied uh, mm-hmm. if we get the House back that, and get the Senate back. Yeah. Uh, yes, that, that's what I'm hoping for, absolutely. 
Uh, thank you for your call. Thank you for your kind words about the show. And uh, I do hope you find a way to listen to the program on the podcast at 989theanswer.com. You're absolutely right about Jen Psaki's tone-deaf comments. Ooh, the international community, the Taliban has to decide how they want to be viewed by the international community. Yes, these gang members shooting little kids in the drive through lane of McDonald's. You know, if they shoot one more kid, no midnight basketball for you, Crips and Bloods. How stupid. But they are clueless because they believe, ah, we're ensconced in Washington, D.C., in our townhouses, behind our gated communities. They're not going to get to us. If they get to rural America, we don't care. And if they get to inner city neighborhoods, we don't care. We've never cared. We just act like we care. and We keep getting people to vote for us in those inner city neighborhoods. But we don't care. All we care about is maintaining our power. Robert in Delaware next. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, Bruce. How you doing today? Okay. Hey, you made a comment about uh, you feel like America's got the obligation to be the moral police, so to speak, of the world, correct? I, I think we have a right to—I think we have a moral obligation because of the blessings that we have to protect the defenseless, yes. Okay. Now, now I'm, I'm proud to be an American, but uh, I don't—, I don't fool myself into thinking that we have any sense of morals to us because uh, almost every American has a cell phone that has been produced in a country that by child laborers or, you know, labor laws are being violated. There's pharmaceutical companies that outsource their research to third world countries just to get around FDA rules. Every city has multiple Asian massage parlors, which are houses to sex trafficking you know, it's all around us. It's all in America. We, we don't have morals anymore. Oh, I can't disagree with that. You're right on that front. I just, do you make any delineation between those things, which I will join with you in that they are uh, regrettable and deplorable in their own way. But when we abandon a country where natives of Afghanistan have helped us as translators, as uh, informants and things like that, when we abandon them and know that the men will be beheaded and the women will be raped, uh, that feels different. It's, it doesn't, I'm not saying the other things you outlined are, are excusable. I'm saying this feels different to me. It feels more of a pressing need, more of a betrayal is how it feels to me. Yeah, it definitely feels different uh, because like you had mentioned, you know, we want to protect our interests, but I think the key is to make sure we don't have interests in countries like that. And, you know, if they decide they want to live under Taliban law or if Taliban, they allow the Taliban to take over, then so be it. That's that's their backyard. Well, I don't think it's a purposeful decision on their part. I think it's a they've been taken over. Um, and here's the thing. You, you talk about our interests. It would be wonderful if we didn't have to worry about protecting our interests in certain portions of the world. The fact of the matter is, uh, while bin Laden is gone, there are many people who share his ideology and there are going to be others over there who want to avenge his death, who look at us as they say, the great Satan. I don't, do you feel like we're, I don't feel like we can exist in a bubble. We tried that and we found out what that led to on 9-11. No, absolutely not. All we can do realistically is retaliate if we're attacked on our own soil or our interests are attacked. You know, we would have to retaliate in, in such a way that they wouldn't dare to, do anything against us again. Yeah, I think the thing for me, Robert, is that it just went to a different level 
on 9-11 when it was moms and dads, you know, brothers and sisters. It, I mean, fine. You want to attack us in a military fashion? Fine. But when you're, I mean, those stories from the towers, stories from Shanksville, the story of, you know, the flight with Todd Beamer and those guys attacking a cockpit. Um, I mean, those are citizens. <laughs> they're, they're not in the war. You know, and that was what I thought came through to me. I don't know if you heard the audio or not. I played uh, the audio of the Navy SEAL uh, who actually killed bin Laden. And when they flew to uh, bin Laden's compound to take him out, all those SEALs expected to die on that mission. None of them expected to come home. And they were, you know, in the plane and they were like, why are we doing this? And they reconciled it by saying, we're doing this because we signed up for this fight. Those people who went to work at 9 o'clock in the morning on September 11, 2001, they didn't sign up for this fight, but they were in it. And so I think there is a difference, and I think we do have to... We've already done the hard work to make Afghanistan a place where we could at least keep the Taliban out. So I don't think our perspectives on this are totally different. I respect your perspective. I appreciate your call. And... um I don't like to see America embarrassed on the world stage, and I think that's what we're headed for. And I think we've been, that's happened to us a fair amount lately uh, because I don't know that we have the staying power. I, I remember uh, Matt Walsh saying a year or two ago on the prospect of a civil war in the United States. He said, we're not going to have a civil war in the United States because nobody can be bothered long enough to get off the couch and stop watching Netflix to have a civil war. And I thought, you know what? He's right. Now, though, I don't know. I look at January 6th. I was reflecting on this today, and I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm going to say. In no way, shape, or form was January 6th acceptable in any way, shape, or form. I said that immediately. I've said it consistently. I will always say it. We have constitutional rights to peacefully protest. We do not have a constitutional right to assault police officers, storm our way into the Capitol. But I was thinking about the Pelosi Commission, which is highly politically charged and is going to be a complete fraud and a, and a whitewash of what happened on the 6th. And the reason why I think the Democrats want to make so much political capital off of January 6th is to discourage the very idea that dissenters with this plunge towards socialism, this uh, plunge off the moral cliff in our country, I think they want to make examples of the largely harmless people who stormed the Capitol to crush any future dissent of that type. And that's what I really believe lies at the heart of their treatment, or should I say mistreatment, of those people. It's egregious that a lot of the people who stormed the Capitol still don't have charges filed against them. It's egregious they're being kept in solitary confinement. It's egregious that U.S. congressmen can't get in to see them. But the Democrats are in power, and the Democrats love power. 
and they're going to do everything they can to maintain and expand that power. And so they have a useful tool to discourage future dissent. And they're not going to waste that opportunity to do it. I think people are becoming more and more aware, more and more alarmed by what they see in the country. And I no longer believe that civil war is impossible because uh, it's interesting. I posted a Twitter poll yesterday. Which would you rather have, safety or freedom? 20% of the people said they'd rather have safety. 80% said they'd rather have freedom. I don't actually see that mindset demonstrated with the way people are going along with following blindly these really questionable vaccine mandates, mask mandates, and things of that nature. I don't see that 80% of the people, I think in theory, they're committed to freedom. I don't think in practice they're really committed to it at all. 844-TALK-989. It's the Bruce Woolley Show. So the big debate now is about masks. School starting next week. Some places, I think, in Westerville, it started today. The big debate is about masks. Uh, Pickerington has caved. Pickerington Local School District revises its mask policy. All kindergarten through sixth grade students are required to wear a mask indoors during the school day. Uh, they may remove their mask during recess. Oh, boy, what big hearts you have in Picktown. Students in the 7th through the 12th grade are encouraged to wear masks during the school day, but are not required. <laughs> See, I, I, just, I just do not understand this. There's no mention of 7th through 12th graders who are vaccinated not having to wear masks. They're letting all 7th through 12th graders not wear masks. But little kids have to wear masks. Okay, so I'm asking a psychologist friend of mine. What does it do to kids to wear a mask? Little kids. I've told you before this heartbreaking story that I have of these two beautiful little girls at our church who I've watched walk up the aisle in church with their masks on, and I just miss seeing their faces. And finally, after a year, I saw their beautiful smiles, and I told them just how beautiful they were. And I just was wondering, like, with this psychologist, what does it do? What does it do? I said, what are the studies? And he, and he laughed. He said, studies? I said, yeah. He said, Bruce, there can't be a study. And I said, why? Why can't there be a study? He said, because to have a study that carries any weight, you would have to have a control group where you'd be comparing kids who wear masks with kids who don't wear masks. And he said, the presumption has always been that you would not want to put kids in masks for all the psychological impact it would have. And so there's never been. And nor would there ever be allowed a controlled study with kids in masks. I thought, you know what? That makes sense. So I started to look up studies with adults in masks. And I found a few. I'll share the details with you. First, let's talk with Denny in Columbus. Denny, you're on the Bruce Woolley Show. Hi, Bruce. Thank you so much for you for what you guys are doing. Thank you, Denny. Um, yeah, I just uh, I listen to you every day and... Uh, well, catch me Monday, 11 a.m., Danny. We're moving the show 11 to 1 p.m. Monday. Starts Monday, goes the rest of the time. We're 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay. Good to know. Um, no, I, I I believe we're in a big wake-up period right now. Um, 
from my understanding, I believe the war has already been won, but what we have to do is we have to wake up a sleeping public. And you have to do it little bits at a time because if you, you know, it's the analogy of uh, if you can give a, a, a thirsty person, you know, trickles of water, they'll drink it. But if you turn a fire hose on them, they'll turn away. So, Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. These are words of inspiration for the people listening out there. Um, Just trust in the good Lord. Understand that he ultimately wins in the end. What happens right now is we have to slowly tell the people what's been going on behind the scenes. And it's very hard to deal with. I had six months where it was, I was just having a real hard time. You know, when I started investigating the Q stuff and Mm -hmm. I started waking up to all these, I couldn't believe that people were capable of doing some of the crazy stuff they do. And, and, And it's in the name of their religion. Even if you don't, if you don't believe in what they believe in, they believe it. Well, I've said that before. I've said that before. Like when I've tried to identify where does the commitment to these wacko ideas come from that the other side of the aisle has? Uh, How can they believe that that's not a baby? That's not a human life in the womb. How can they believe that a biological man can be pregnant? Did you see Rachel Walensky the other day said pregnant people, pregnant people. She said, if you're, if you're thinking about becoming pregnant, if you're thinking of becoming a pregnant person, well, you can think about it all you want to girlfriend. But if you're not, born with female biology, all you're thinking ain't going to make it happen. So I wonder, where does this nutsy, cuckoo, wacko mindset come from? And how are they so committed to it? And the only way they can be as committed to it is that it is their religion. The zealotry on transgenderism, the zealotry on abortion, the zealotry on masks, and nobody can get infected. It's their religion. If they had a real faith, if they, like you and I, Denny, know how the whole thing ends, if they could cling to that certainty rather than white-knuckle their own mortality, putting their faith in themselves rather than the sacrifice at the cross and the salvation provided by Jesus Christ, well, then they would not be as zealous, as misguided, as they are, but they are. And that's very sad. It used to make me angry. Now it makes me sad. But one thing you said reminded me of the legendary quote from the Japanese admirable, admiral, not admirable, admiral, the naval admiral, Yamamoto, after the report came back about the attack on Pearl Harbor. We knocked out this ship and this ship and this ship. And then came word that, well, this aircraft carrier made it out of the harbor. And no, we didn't get that one. And and while they were, you know, celebrating the success of the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, Admiral Yamamoto knew what had really happened. And he said, I fear that all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. And that is exactly what they did by attacking the U.S. Naval Forces at Pearl Harbor. And that is what we have to hope for if we want to preserve our republic. But it may be, because we know how the game ends, Denny, 
it may be our lot to suffer. There's a lot in the Bible about suffering. Those are the parts we don't spend much time on. Those are the parts that aren't that much fun to read and contemplate. But they're in there for a reason. And that may be where we're headed. America, it is worth uh, worthy of note, is not mentioned by name in Revelation or Isaiah or Daniel. So just keep that in mind. Now, as for the mask studies, it's first of all um, instructive to remember what Surgeon General Jerome Adams said on February 29th, 2020, right before the pandemic went very, very crazy in, a, in America. Seriously, people, stop buying masks, in all caps, was the tweet from Jerome Adams. They are not, in all caps, effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. Two days later, Adams said, folks who don't know how to wear them properly tend to touch their faces a lot and can actually increase and spread the coronavirus. So if that was what the Surgeon General said on February 29, 2020, and if it was repeated for the next month, by the way, by people from the CDC and the WHO, how did we get to a point where masks were... Necessary masks are what we're clinging to to stay alive. And are there studies comparing control groups in mass and out? Yes. And I'll give you the details next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.